This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. Well, it's great to be here uh, in Southern California again. I was born and raised north of here by Santa Barbara, um, but I graduated from uh, the University of Alaska Fairbanks and got a Master's of Arts in Teaching Biological Sciences up there. Later came down here and did a Master's of Science at San Diego State. So I'm kind of familiar with this area. And then in a PhD program at UC uh, UC Santa Barbara until I decided that lab politics was uh, not too much fun and uh, uh, continued my uh, job of commercial fishing for 40 years in Alaska. And then somehow I forgot the lesson of lab politics and ran for the House and got elected in 2002. So I've been in the House of Representatives in Alaska for um, 12 years now, uh, re-elected this year. And so um, done a number of different things there, fisheries uh, committee chair, the Natural Resources Committee co-chair, co-chair of um, education, uh, state affairs, and now I'm coming up to be the uh, new chairman of the Health and Social Services Committee. And I'm doing that for one reason, and that is because of uh, this uh, vitamin D project, really. I've been on the Health and Social Services Committee all the time, but um, I frequently get asked, well, Paul, what got you interested in vitamin D? And it was about in 2007 or eight. the... Uh, satellite TV, there was this TV station on there, UCTV, and it had uh, carrying this research and uh, Cedric Garland and Frank Garland and, uh, you know, just a number of you people that presented today uh, presented information back there. And I was looking at those meta-analysis charts and saying, how can we know that we could easily prevent 50% of breast cancer and colon cancer and things and not do something about it? And so um, that is what got me started in about 2010, looking at uh, what can we do. And so I sponsored a resolution in the House um, calling on, well, this is a resolution. And actually, we have 37 different studies in here. And um, what we did in the end was we called on the governor to take the state of Alaska to having prevention of disease as a primary model for health care. Uh, further, we wanted him uh, to, this is the state, to make everybody aware of the requirements of vitamin D for health in Alaska, to specifically promote um, vitamin D for seniors, for falls, fractures, and those kind of things, and uh, look at a comparative study of vitamin D to influenza for upper respiratory tract infections. And the fourth one was looking at um, the uh, pregnancies and prevention of preterm births and those kind of things. All of these studies I have on my website, and they're all linked. So every study, you can go there, and even if it's a somewhat uh, esoteric um, publication, uh, a master's thesis uh, from the University of Alaska nursing program verifying uh, gloss study on seasonal affective disorder. You can just click on it and get it. You don't have to go through interlibrary loan. Uh, so all of these studies are on there. However, we had somewhat of a recalcitrant governor and commissioner of the Department of Health. And so the question is, how do you proceed? So that's what we've been doing, or I've been doing, going around to different um, 
doing churches, uh, rotary clubs, um, making presentations, um, going to the board, hospital board, uh, going to been invited to clinics uh, and meeting with their staffs. Uh, and talking about vitamin D and what it could do for the health in Alaska. Um, And based on much of the information that you all got started and then many of these other studies. And so um, another thing that uh, has happened is that there was a conference uh, reforming uh, health uh, the sta- state of reform of healthcare in Alaska. So made a booklet up for there. It's got four sections in it. One of it is on is on um, procedure reform and cost sharing. The next one is on family medicine and infection. Third one is on uh, mental, and the fourth section is on rural health and dental. And there's a few of those here over on the side. Um, they go through and list out with a short description and then the abstract of the articles in there, and then those can all be linked and looked at. Also, we're uh, going to the Alzheimer's uh, Roadmap Convention and looking at vitamin D uh, senior issues, and there's a bunch of these over on the side. And so we've been proceeding to try to figure out how do we go when we don't have the governor and the commissioner of uh, health on board. And so uh, we went through and finally figured out this last year, oh, it's all about the money. And so had a bill introduced late in the session, passed the House unanimously, but it was uh, looking at our retirees and our active health um, people because we have a contractual obligation or a contractual relationship with state employees and retirees. So we have a way of touching them and saying, hey, we'll reduce your uh, cost of your copay by some amount if you uh, get you and your dependents up to above 40 nanograms per milliliter. Some way of moving forward. I have also um, worked with the Department of Administration so that they now, for active employees, give everyone a free vitamin D test. Uh, at the health fairs and also working locally with the uh, boroughs up there, counties down here, they provide vouchers so that people can get free vitamin D tests at the health fairs as well as the school district. So we're making some progress along because we're getting people involved at the local level. But what I wanted to really talk to you about today is what I have learned about how to approach the issue. Because We've heard a whole lot of really great presentations today, but I think I'm the only legislator in the crowd. <laughs> and the problem is, when you're talking to policymakers, you've got five to 15 seconds, and they have to understand something quickly, and how do we do that? And so one of the things that we have is, many times, the data is there, and it's, gee, if you understand it, if you're a researcher, it's great. If you're one of the general public or a policymaker, you know, your eyes glaze over. So I want to approach today with you um, how we might change that aspect. And in some cases, researchers, I know you have to present things in certain ways to get them published. But I think that we need you to also make simplified, clearer diagrams 
and uh, graphical presentations so that the general public and that policymakers can use it instead of relying on us individually to take your data and present it in a way that we can get adherence with the uh, other people in the legislature. Well, one other thing that I've done with the legislature is I give them all a health certificate each year now for the last three years. It's a health voucher. And it says, bring this to, um, uh, you know, room 102 and redeem it for your vitamin D. So they bring it down and I give them a uh, 500, 5,000 IU soft gels um, and almost all of the legislature comes down and gets it. They've been taking uh, vitamin D for about three years. They all totally agree that it's really helping them as far as attitudes, as far as um, many aspects of working together. But uh, so that's been helpful as well. Um, so let's just look um, at a uh, bit of research here, um, and I'm not trying to present the research to convince anybody of anything. I'm just trying to show you that here's some research that was done, and all of these and all of these uh, studies are in these two booklets. They're all 2012, 2013, and 2014. Because one thing people don't want to look back and look in the 80s and the 90s or way back, they don't quite believe that those studies might be most efficient. So um, when you're looking at new journals, here's something, and I don't know how many of you would get excited about this, but if you take and present that a little differently, you will see that you have, um, when you're looking at this perinatal dialysis, this is seven different uh, centers in Austria, and the red bars are the current standard treatment of care. And the blue bars are that same standard treatment of care with vitamin D. And so this is easily understandable. It's understandable because not only are the bars there, but it tells you what the bars mean. You don't have to do a calculation. That's something that when people are looking at things and making a mental calculation, they're not listening to you. They're not absorbing it. So what we need to do is get it so that people inter internalize the information quickly. And so um, I'll take a, another moment on this. It was really interesting because when we have this up and we can talk to people, I've been able to tell them, well, you know, there's not a single hospital or long-term care facility in the state of Alaska that can participate in a randomized control trial of vitamin D for anything other than rickets in Alaska because an institutional review board will look at evidence-based medicine, and they will say, your standard of care plus a placebo will harm your patients. And all of a sudden, people are saying, oh, wait a minute. But that's what will happen, because they are not monitoring, they're not getting anyone's um, vitamin D levels up to where they are, would not be harmed with that standard of care. Um, great information from the vitamin D uh, action here, Grassroots Health. Really appreciate it. Use this. However, you get questions. And so we need to answer those questions. This slide, trying to put in, oh, it's 22 and it's 48, so you can see it's double, and you put something in there that says, this is what it is. You don't have to go through and mentally be calculating. You can talk about reducing type 2 diabetes. And it's just helpful to make sure that we do this. And so I suggest that when you want to go talk to some policymaker, 
have your friend, not somebody that's in your lab or somebody that's in a doctor's office, look at that data and explain it to you. And if they can explain it to you quickly, then you've got something that will uh, grab the person and make him understand it. Here's the, the D-action. This is really great data. This is really good data, but when I present this to somebody, there's so much information on there that they struggle to get the information. So if we simplify that to the information and make sure we put on um, what those um, results are, you can have the other on the back with all of the other details, and then people can refer to it, the, so the backup. Uh, here's uh, 2014, August, you know, the, the one from um, neurology, and I pasted on top of that the Yahoo Health description of the article uh, because it really tells more than the neurology uh, title, which is, you know, what vitamin D and the risk. It doesn't say what it is. Um, and then if you see the graphs, you'll notice the boxes. I should have done this in two. Those boxes we added in, in my office because down here at the bottom, you see sufficient severely with the little lines and the colors. But remember, most of the time when you get these publications, they're copied in black and white and sent to you. So what do you see? I mean, you have to interpret too much. So what you want to do uh, as a policymaker, what I want people to bring to me is something I immediately can understand and internalize. Here's a great paper from White, uh, White House. It's from Australia looking at uh, severe to moderate uh, or all uh, language impairment and kids going into uh, school and uh, at age 10 in school, but that mother's levels were measured in their second trimester of pregnancy when the brain, when the language centers of the brain are developing. And you look at this and you say, oh, well, that shows something. But now let's take it apart. Here's the important part. Age five, instead of combining age five and 10, you have, if you are under 19 um, nanograms per milliliter, 13% of the kids have language, severe to moderate language impairment versus 3% for those that were above 29. Um, People are really concerned about this because this is special ed. Um, here it is still at age 10, and you can see the same thing. But what I'm showing is just trying to show that the data presentation here compared to the data presentation when you have a whole lot of information in there. Here's, an, here's another one. This is higher math. This is done in India, and this is looking at gingivitis. And probably some of you know this. Um, this doesn't get very far with policymakers. If we look at it this way, now the Vitamin D Council put this on their website, and it's still, you got to try and figure it out unless you're really used to reading these things, and we modified it this way so that as vitamin D levels go up, the bars, inflammation scores go down, and over at the right you can see that 2,000 IU a day got people over uh, 50 uh, nanograms per milliliter and 80% uh, reduction in gingivitis. Um, the action again, um, great deal on breast cancer, really appreciate it. People have hard time figuring out the cases and non-cases. Uh, they examine it a lot. If we look at that graph this way, uh, the studies on the right, the green and the yellow, 
Uh, and you can see that where there is, we should have that yellow arrow going down and saying 75% reduction. But on the blue is the Alaska over 60 um, reference rate case. That's the average. And so there's 82% risk reduction. Um, I wanted to put this in because this just came out from the CDC. And you can look at it, and there's a lot of information there, but what does it tell you? You know, nobody looks at this because not only is Alaska south of San Diego, uh, <laughs> but it's like, what does it mean? Well, if we look at that, just break it down a little bit, and we look at um, the over 50% of uh, women in their reproductive age reporting drinking once a month, except for the Mormon uh, areas of uh, Utah and all, you can see it's pretty much a solar incidence uh, kind of um, chart. Um, here's a really interesting one. This is from Matthews, who is a, the chief of surgery at the intensive care unit in um, uh, Grady Memorial, Atlanta, Georgia. And they were looking at survival. They plotted their survival on 235 uh, patients that came in. And this is what they say is 40 and above is sufficient. Between 40 and 26, these are, they're looking at the inflection points. Was there mildly uh, deficient, 26 to 13, moderate, and below 13? And here's what they come out with their hospital days. Now, we should have taken out this P0002 because that's a distractor for anybody that's not a scientist. Okay. <laughs> I mean, people will focus on the bit of information that doesn't mean anything. And that will be the question. Um, here we have the same thing, uh, same chart that was in there, but we added on this one the 60% uh, uh, lower so people don't have to calculate or to try and figure it out. Um, here's a, a recent study. When is this? September this year? Yeah, September came out. It's really good. But it would be re really helpful if there was a green box arrow going up that showed three times more at, um, uh, of hospital-acquired infections with low vitamin D and three times more cardiac uh, complications. And remember, this is 3,500 non-cardiac surgeries and three times the mortality if you have low vitamin D. And this is what I really like, the Anesthesia Patient Safety Foundation. So when the anesthesiologists are looking at things, maybe we're going to get people coming in kind of the back road, not just the physicians or the surgeons. So um, that's it. I just want to share a little bit more about our health fair data. And here uh, we started um, doing vitamin D tests in uh, 2010. And we had 177 people. There's about 1,000 people. Um, Homer is uh, about 5,500 people. So we have about a thousand, a fifth of all the population comes. And this was their initial vitamin D levels. Uh, in 2013, we were up to 272 people coming in. And in 2014, we have, um, uh, what, 344. What I really did like was that the percentage of under 20 went from 13% down to 5.5%. So um, that's what I wanted to share with you as to what we're trying to do. Um, one other thing is at the health fair, um, we bought 300 bottles, 100 uh, 5,000 IU vitamin D, and we said, 
get your starter kit here. You got to fill out this three-page survey. And then in three months, we will send you another survey. We had 235 people that sat down and filled out a three-page survey, gave us their email addresses and everything so we can follow up with them. They're taking um, 5,000 IU a day. And we ask them questions like, do you uh, generally experience seasonal affective disorder or winter blues or... Um, all of those kind of things, and we'll see. Sleep disorders, we'll see what um, we get back in um, a month and a half or so. And um, I guess that's what we're doing in Alaska. Thank you. And I would like to say there's some of these books and some of the senior care issue uh, papers over here on the side, and all of those um, are on my website, so if anybody wants to use them or see any of the studies, you can just go there and click on them. Thanks. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.